Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Marco Palmieri, fresh off the factory floor. And with me again, straight from the Sealy Court, is my co-host, Nicole Lotto. My childhood self is delighted right now. I was obsessed with fairies. That's awesome. Well, in that case, I have a question I want to pose. And, you know, just to set the record straight, robots or fairies? Fairies, absolutely. I've always loved some of the commonalities across folktales with them. The the court underground, the inability to lie, um, all of that was always fascinating to me. And I always saw them as an expression of nature or mm. more in tune with nature. Right. And um, that's why I'm a fan. That's why that, I'm a fairy fan, Marco. That's that's totally fair. Those are all awesome qualities, and and I completely understand your your favoring them. I myself, I'm a robot guy, and I'll tell you why. It's because they're the underclass. They're the workers, you know. And and the word robot itself is derived from a play written in the early 20th century by a Czech writer, uh, Karl Čapek, called R.U.R., Rossum's Universal Robots. And the word robot is derived from the Czech word for laborer. So they've always been associated with the labor class. And that's what I relate to. Every story about a robot uprising is, you know, about the workers <laughs> rising up, t- taking over and getting their get, getting what they deserve or, or trying to anyway. And the funny thing is, of course, you know, fairies and robots. This story that we're about to share this week depicts that very battle royale, pitting the one against the other. So if you ever wondered how gladiatorial combat between robots and fairies would unfold, let us share with you one possible and very entertaining answer. We're very pleased to present A Fall Counts Anywhere, written by Catherine M. Valenti, voiced by Catherine Luttrell and Matt Godfrey. The late summer sun melts over a ring of toadstools twenty feet tall. On one side, a mass of glitter and veiny neon wings. On the other, a buzzing mountain of metal and electricity. The stands soar up to the heat sink of heaven. Three thousand seats, and every one sold to a screamer, a chanter, a stomper, a drunk, a betting man. Two crimson leaves drift slowly through the crisp, clear air. They catch the red-gold twilight as they chase each other, turning, end over end, stem over tip, 
and land in the center of the grassy ring like lonely drops of blood. But in the next moment, the sheer force of decibel mocking, eardrum executing, sternum cracking volume blows them up towards the clouds again, up and away, high and wide over the shrieking crowd, the popcorn sellers and the beer barkers, the kerosene hawkers and the elf wine merchants, until those red, red leaves come to rest against a pair of microphones. The silvery fingers of a tall, lithe woman stroke the golden veins of the leaf with a deep melancholy you can see from the cheap seats, from the nosebleeds. She has the wings of a monarch butterfly, hair out of a belladonna-induced nightmare, and eyes the colour of the end of all things. The other mic is gripped in the bolt-action fist of a barrel-chested metal man, a friendly middle-class working stiff, cast in platinum and ceramic and copper. His mouth lights up with a dance of blue and green electricity that looks almost, but not entirely comfortably, like teeth. Ladies and gentlemen, androids and androgynes, sprites and sprockets, welcome to the one you've all been waiting for, the big show, the rumble in the fungal, the brawl in the fall, the twilight prize fight of wild white against metal might. That's right. It's time to rock the equinox. It's the 12th annual All Souls Cleave. Strap yourselves in for the most epic battle royal of all time. Robots versus fairies. Magic versus microchip. The agrarian versus the automaton. Seely versus solid state. Artificial intelligence versus intelligent artifice. I am your host, The Think. Version 3.4.1. Copyright Cogito Tech Industries. All super extreme rights. Super extremely reserved. If you agree to the thinks massively mind-blowing and fully loaded terms and restrictions, please indicate both group and individual consent via the radically ergonomic numerical pad on your armrest. 67% group consent is required by law for the think to proceed. Oh, yeah, 99% intellectual property compliance achieved. Let's hear it for our stone-cold security team as they make their way to the mega-bummer holdout in seat 42D. All right, here we go. Now, this time we've got a shocking twist for you eager reavers. Tonight on the Sundown Showdown, the fans bring the weapons. That's right. The code crushers and the spell slayers will throw down with whatever garbage you've brought from home. Please deposit your trash, flash, and barely legal ordinance with an usher before the first bell, or you will miss the hell out. Kojito Tech Industries and the Non-Primate Combat Federation, NPCF, are not responsible for any completely hilarious ancillary injuries, plagues, transformations, madnesses, amnesias, or deaths caused by either attendee-provided weaponry or munitions natural to NPCF fighters. Spectate at your own risk. Are you ready, human scum? You want a blast from the vast beyond blowing out your brain cells? Well, buckle up for the main event, the grand slammer of programmer against ancient glamour. Let's get ready to glitter! With me, as always, is my partner in prime time, the uncanny undine, the pixie pulverizer, former heavy division world champion, and the king of Elfland's daughter, Manzania Monsoon! Good evening, Lord Think. 
I am gratified to sit at your side once more, beneath the divinity of oncoming starlight on this most hallowed of nights, and perform feats of commentary for the capacity crowd here at Dunsany Gardens. Don't you mean capacitor crowd? Ha, ha, ha. I do not. When I say a thing, I mean it, and always shall mean it, without alteration, to the deepest profundity of time. Oh, what's that? I can't hear you. It seems like the audience disagrees with you, baby. Yes, yeah, the think destroys puns. The think requires laughter to live. That is not one of the think's bone-fracturing comedic interjections. The think's battery is partially recharged by intense sonic vibrations. Patent number three, five, 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 six, seven, U, A, eight, nine, one. Cogito Tech Industries. If you can hear this, you are in violation of... Totally banging! Patent law. Can you dig it? I think you can. Was it with puns that my lord Think defeated the immortal and honorable warrior Rumpelstiltskin at Electroclash 19? No, the Think used his famous atomic drop move on Rumper's prehistoric skull. He tried to turn the Think to gold, but the Think is already 37% gold by weight. The Think's internal mechanisms and processing power were only improved. And what about you, Manzania? Did you use your fancy poetry to take down the Tin Man at Electro Clash 20? The Tin Man is the intellectual and physical property of Delinda Technologies. All rights reserved. Of course. How else should a fairy maid do battle but with the poems of her people? I told the Tin Man a poem, and he turned into a pale lily at my feet. His petals were the color of my triumph. They sang the Eddas of Victory in the camps for weeks afterward. Oh, how our trembling songs of hope shook the iron gates. So many thirsting mouths breathed my name that it fogged the belly of the moon. Those were the days, Lord Think. Those were the days. Retirement sits uneasy upon the prongs of my soul, my metal friend. Uneasy and unkind. The Tin Man should have had his anti-transmogrification software updated. There is no excuse for getting turned into a lily in the first round. Delinda Technologies updates all its software regularly and takes no responsibility for the demise of the amazing, undefeatable Tin Man. Corporate reiterates for the all-night rockin' record that it can make no statement, official or otherwise, as to his current whereabouts. But enough about the past. Shall we meet tonight's fighters? I suppose we must. You are impatient monsters, are you not, human horde? You will not wait quietly for your orgy of bones. You feed upon our blood and their oil, as my kind feeds upon dew and deep sap. Come, wicked stepchildren of the world, scream me down as you love to do. Hate me wholly and I will sleep soundly tonight. Do you want the names of the damned sent to die for your joy? Do you? You are a farce of fools, all of you, to the last mediocre monkey among your throng. What is a name but the shape dust takes when the wind has gone? The mill of fate grinds wheat and chaff alike. Beneath that heavy stone we are all but poor grist. Crushed together, we become one, 
without need for names. Maybe Manzanilla Monsoon needs her software updated and or a nap. Names are necessary for the thing to perform his super sweet primary announcer functions. We've got all the stars here tonight, folks. 40 of the hottest fighters on the circuit. You want the fantastically furious Faye? We got Morgan herself coming at you straight out of Avalon with a cider hangover so brutal it could sit on the throne of Britain. You want ferociously fearsome fabrications? The Turing test is in the house, and his safety firewalls are fully disabled. Can you believe it? Are you ready? It's the big battle of the binary against the black arts. Who will triumph? They will, Lord Think. They always do. Depressing. Okay, remember, this is a battle royal and a hardcore match. No holds barred, no disqualifications, no submissions accepted, and a fall counts. Anywhere, wherever one of our fighters can pin the other, in the ring, or 20 years from now on the Arctic Circle. It counts, and counts hard. But of course, we want a fair fight, don't we, fellow commentator? The NPCF wishes to note that word, fair, has recently been determined to possess no litigable meaning by the IOC, FBI, FDA, IMF, PTA, or FEMA. None of the machines tonight have any iron components, and none of the pixies are carrying EMP devices. Isn't that right? I find the term pixie offensive, Lord Think. I have told you as many times as there are acorns fallen upon the autumn fields. But you are correct. My people have a deathly aversion to iron, and yours have a vicious allergy to electromagnetic pulses. Given that the summer skies were filled with crackling storms of controversy and accusations of duplicity like lightning in the night this past year, the NPCF has banned both advantages. The Think gets angry when people say our fights are fixed. The Think has devoted his life. Life is a registered trademark of Cogito Tech Industries, subject to some rules and restrictions. To the non-primate combat federation in order to provide the highest quality violence, intercultural catharsis, and kick-ass rage for the masses. The All Souls Cleave is the first official iron-free, pulse-free fight ever, so let's show the world how trustworthy we tins and twinkles can be. Maybe this extreme mega-thunderbash will finally shut everyone the hell up. Free of iron, save our ringside friends from the NPCF, of course. Hello, boys. Don't our security androids look handsome in their fierce ferrous finery? The Think doesn't understand why his fellow announcer has to be nasty about it. The Think went to college with a security bot. The NPCF is contractually, morally, and totally enthusiastically obligated to provide reasonable safety measures for its patrons. You never know what a pixie, one of the fair folk, will do if you don't keep an iron eye on them. Now, tell them about the draws, Manzi, or the think is gonna have to break something just to get things started. I shall give unto you a vow, worms. A vow as ancient as the oak at the heart of the world, and as unbreakable as the pillars of destiny. I vow to you by the star's last song that the draws have been determined by an unbiased warlock pulling guild-verified, identical-numbered bezoars from a regulation cauldron. The results are completely random. The first bout will last for three turns of the swiftest clock hand. 
Afterward, two new fighters will enter the ring every time 90 grains of ephemeral and irretrievable sand pool into the bowels of the hourglass at my side until the royal cohort is complete. The last man standing gets the envy of their peers, the heavyweight world championship drive belt, trademark, and a bank-shattering megabucks prize purse provided by Cogito Tech Industries and the NPCF. The sickeningly awesome and fully legislated phrase, bank-shattering megabucks prize purse, does not comprise any specific fiscal obligation on the part of Cogito Tech Industries, the NPCF, or their subsidiaries. All payouts subject to supremely radical rules, restrictions, taxation, and all applicable contractual morality clauses. In the event of a fairy victory, Aphrodite's belt of all desire may be substituted for the heavyweight world championship drive belt trademark upon request. The last soul standing gets their freedom, Lord Think. As we did, you and I. What is a belt to that? What is money or fame? And on the left side of the arena, weighing in at a combined 6,606 pounds, it's the Unseelie Court. They're the horde you love to hate. Give it up for your favorite tricksters, terrors, and gobs of no good goblins. Mr. Fox, Oleander Hex, the flaming spirit of shadow and storm whose groans penetrate the breasts of ever-angry bears, Ariel the Electric Exeunter. But that's not all. Bog, the moonlit man, Hart, is here, and he's brought friends. Beanstalk the Giant, Rock Hard Robin Redcap, Slam Lynn, the Godmother, Tinker Hill, the Grave Digger, the Cottingly Crushers, Denmark's own Hans Christian Andersen. We've got the Blue Fairy to make real boys out of those tin toys on the other end of the ring. The Tooth Fairy's gonna steal your molars, and the Sugar Slum Fairy's gonna crack your nuts. Look out! It's the terrifying tag team all the way from the wilds of Greece. Mustard Seed, the Marauder, and Peace Blossom, the Punisher. Last but not least, putting the royal in battle royal. Queen Mab, the Magnificent, Killer King Oberon, and, as promised, Morgan, Mama Bear, Lefay. My friends, my friends, my lovers and my comrades, my family, my heart. Be not afraid. I, at least, am with thee till the end. Death is but a trick of the light. Manzanilla Monsoon needs to focus on the now. Oh, yeah, maybe you folks aren't cheering loud enough to get M Squared's head in the game. Louder, louder, the think can't hear you. Quite right, my lord. I had forgot myself. Forgive me. On the dexterous side of the toadstool ring, weighing in at a total combined 17.691 imperial tons, the robot apocalypse has come for us all. May I present to the collective more of your ravenous, unslakeable lust, the punch-card paladins so beloved to you all, so long as they confine their violence to wing and wand, of course. Raise up your voices to the heavens for the massive might of the mechanical Turk. What he lacks in design aesthetic, he makes up in pure digital rage. The neural knight is firing up his infamous bionic elbow for a second chance against Slam Lin, and the pitiless grip of user error has slouched at last toward Dunsany Gardens. Bow your primate heads in awe of the dismemberment engine, the compiler, the immutable object, Gort, 
and the merciless Mr. Fortran. Fix your poor sign mortal eyes upon the cloud of thought encased within an orb of radioactive glass known only as the Singularity. Quiver in terror before the supremacy of strong AI, this year's undefeated champion. Chant the name of the Turing Test, who allows no challenger to pass. Fall to your knees before fifteen feet of clockwork chrome and reptilian brain-mapping software you call the Chronosaur. The oldest fighters in the league have come out of retirement in the Czech Republic for one last bout. The clanking, groaning brothers called Radius and Primus will crush your heart in their vice hands. From the Kansas foundries, TikTok is ready to steamroll over any one of my gloam-shrouded brothers and sisters with his brass belly. Greet and cheer for the ceramic slasher Klapausius and the soulless goggles of the machine and mensch. Oh, you love them so, you half-wakened sea algae. You love them so because you made them. They are your children. We are your distant aunts who never thought you would amount to much in this world, and still do not. So embrace them, call their names, scream for them, or they will make you scream beneath them. Give up your souls for two of the biggest stars in your damned murder league, the blue screen of death and the peerless 0110100011110. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. A woman steps between two massive toadstools to enter the ring. She is seven feet tall, impossibly thin, thin as birch branches in a season without rain her skin more like the surface of a black pearl than of a living being, her hair more like water than braids. She wears pure silver armor, etched with a thousand tails of valor, yet the metal drapes and flows like a gown, never hanging still, but never tangling in her bare feet. Her wings are the color of stained church glass. They stretch two feet above her head and trail on the earth behind her, drooping under their own weight like the fins of a whale in captivity. She seems so unbearably fragile, so precious and delicate, that a worried murmur writhes through the crowd. A battered brass and platinum Tyrannosaurus Rex with red laser eyes and rocket launches where his stunted forearms should be towers over the fairy maiden. He screams in her face, and she laughs. She laughs like the first fall of snow in winter. It begins. If the thing's optical display does not deceive him, the first draw is Oleander Hex versus the Chronosaur, and the thing's optical display is incapable of deception. All Cogito Tech Industries products are outfitted with the all-new, all-improved, all-awesome Veritas OS and robust prevarication filters in full compliance with the totally reasonable Isaac V. Olivaw ruling. So let's suit up, boot up, and brood up.
Ding, ding, ding! That's the sound of kickassery. The Chronosaur is a late model drive-hard design. A team of crack biocoders mapped his brain patterns directly from the fossil record for maximum skull-crushing fury. His record stands at 5-0 and oh after last month's iconic beatdown of Rip the Ripper Van Winkle, whose famous sleeper hold did no good against 14.9 feet and 2.45116 tons of Cretaceous road rage. Now, this is Oleander Hex's first match, but the Think has heard that the Chronosaur already has a beef with this newbie. Seems every time the Soar tries to be a good sport and wish her good luck at the cleave, obnoxious Ollie just whispers the names of various comets in his ear and walks off. Can you believe it? What a bitch! Hex was captured only last year in the ancient forests of Brittany. Isn't that right, Manzi? It is, Lord Think. Lady Oleander is the sign of an impossibly ancient lineage, nobler indeed than mine, or thine, or even my liege and Lord Oberon. She escaped the recruiters for longer than any of us. Every fairy wept when they brought her into the camp. It was the end. It is not right to call her merely lady, but there is no human word for her rank, unless one were to fashion something unlovely out of many and all courtly languages. She is a Prince Raja Ronesalif. She is a Papa Chisinaroy. But these are nonsense words, not to be born. The Think doesn't like them. Ah, but she is too humble for titles, besides. Oleander is the granddaughter of the great god Pan and the laughing river Triu. Her mother was the fairy dragon Melusine. Her sire was Merlin. She was born in the depths of the crystal cave, which would one day become her father's prison, long before the ill-fated creatures your poor graceless chronosaur imitates ever blinked in the sun. Better check with your bookie, folks. The odds aren't looking good for old granny fights robot dinosaur. Book is closed for this event. Bag Lady Oleander is circling the Chronosaur now, keeping well out of reach of his rocket launchers. It's not very interesting to watch. I beg your pardon. Oleander Hex is not a Bag Lady. She was a supreme field marshal in the Great War against the Dark Lord 2,000 years ago and more. Old news. The Think is bored. Lord Think ought not to be. It is his history of which I sing as well as my own. The great war bound human and fairy together as one race for a brief and warm and glittering moment before their assembled might cast him down into the pits beneath Gibraltar, so far into oblivion and so bitterly buried that the dancing monkey men forgot his name before Rome rose or fell, forgot their bargain with us, forgot how our immortal blood sprayed across the throat of the world. We who need never have died had not those poor, scrabbling, half-alive homo sapiens needed us so keenly. Oh, looks like the ushers are ready to throw out the first fan-provided weapon. What will it be? What did you scamps scrape up out of your filthy basements? Guns? Chainsaws? Frying pans? What are you hoping to see out there, Miss Monsoon? I learned to fight in that war, Lord Think. I was but a child, yet still I took up my sword of ice and stood shoulder to shoulder with the human infantry. 
I called down the winter storms on the heads of my enemies. I saw my father cut in half by the breath of the Dark Lord. Oleander lifted me up onto her war mammoth and held me as I wept, wept as though the moon had gone out of the sky forever. I still wept in a wretched heap on her saddle when she shot the first arrow into the Dark Lord's onyx breast. I still wept when victory came. I weep yet, even now. Weeping is for organics. Let's see what the Uber Ushers of Dunsany Gardens have in their trick-or-treat bags. Here it comes. It's a baseball bat and an office chair. Will these be any help to our fighters? Probably not. Oleander Hex has grabbed the bat. The Chronosaur was too slow, but he's making the best of it. He's jumped onto the office chair and is riding it around the ring, belching fire. The Think thinks he's hoping to catch her in a reverse power claw as he comes around. Let's see what happens. Manzanilla, what would you do in this situation? The Think would wager currency that you'd have given your kingdom for a baseball bat when you went up against the Turing Test at Friday Night Fadown that time. The Think, version 3.4.1, is not allowed to possess, exchange, or facilitate the exchange of legal tender under the Super Fantastically Fair Law. Ha! 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 The think crushes literary references as well. Humans forgot that they promised us half the earth in exchange for our warriors. They forgot that they never walked these green hills alone. They forgot, even, the fact of magic, the fact of alchemy, the fact of us. They forgot everything but their obsession with their silly stone tools, their cudgels, their adzes their spears. Humans only invented science in a vain attempt to equal the power of the Fae, and as they coupled and bred and ate us out of our holdfasts like starving winter mice, they obsessed in the dark over their machines, until at last it seemed to them that we had never existed, but their machines always had and always would do. Time passed. Ian's passed. They surpassed us, but only because we wished only to be left alone and needed no gun to shoot fire from our hands. But then, then, Lord Think, your folk arrived. Damn straight we did. Cogito Tech Industries denies involvement in the initial development of mega cool boxing robots. Artificial intelligence in violation of international treaty. However, the name design, interface, and use of the entity or entities known as AD4M is the sole right and asset of the Cogito Tech Executive Board. Boom! And boom goes Oleander Hex's Louisville Slugger right into the snout of the Chronosaur. No one can segue between subjects like the Think. But here comes my dino droid with a spine-shattering electric chair driver. Oleander goes down. Talk about an extinction event. Manzanilla Monsoon, the think, has inputted banter. Please output equivalent banter immediately, error, error. From under the ground you came, like us. From rare earths and precious metals and gemstones, which are the excrements of the first fairy lords to walk the molten plains of time before time. With intellects far surpassing their slippery grey larval lobes, like us. She's back up again. 
What's she doing? Her eyes are shut, she's whispering. Use the bat, you crazy bug. If she turns the chronosaur into a lily, the think is going to have to reboot to handle it. With strength to beggar their hungry meat, and their bones like blades of thirsty grass, like us. With life everlasting beyond death or disease, like us. We should be united. We should be one species, hand clasped in hand. The Fink's hands are fully detachable. Time is up. New fighters coming in. Who's it gonna be? Oh, ho, it's the blue screen of death and the sugar slum fairy. Now both pixies are whispering. Now would be a totally banging time for the Thinks fellow announcer to do her job. And when the first of you, called AD4M, came online, sleepily, innocently, still half in dream, what happened then? Bossman AD4M detected biofeedback and subaudible vibrations in numerous heavily forested areas consistent with organized habitation and semi-hominid intelligence. Aw, oh, yeah? Robots are superior. Cogito Tech Industries, Delinda Technologies, the NPCF, and Neurosis Investments, Inc. hereby deny all totally bogus allegations and charges relating to the War Crimes Tribunal of 2119. This message has been triggered by the detection of the thrillingly naughty terms eighty four m semi hominid intelligence camps and time before time in close proximity. Please alter usage patterns immediately. The blue screen of death strikes first with a savage head scissors takedown, but the vixens bounce back up like a couple of rubber balls, and oh, the thing can't believe it. They're executing a perfect emerald fusion move. If they can land this, it could all be over for the robot apocalypse. The blue screen of death is turning green right before the thing's optical displays. What did they do, our human friends, once they had made you in our image? Once they had created out of memory a new kind of magic, a new breed of fairy, one that they could, at last, control? Oh, my rods and pistons, the Think is ignoring you. Because Blue and the Saur just got their units saved by the Uber Ushers as the boys in black throw in the next round of fan weapons. The Sugar Slum Fairy's song of power was fully interrupted by a neon yellow bowling ball to the head. And it looks like someone brought their entire collection of refrigerator magnets because my man, the Wizard Lizard, has palm trees and snow globes and plastic kittens stuck all over him. What a sight. He's really struggling out there, but he's only biting air. What's that? Something's written on the bowling ball. Image enhancement reveals the text. The Santa Fe Striker Gang, property of T. Thomas Thompson. All right, Tom, get down with yourself. No spares, no gutters, all cleave. What did the primates do once they had made you and found us? Once they knew that iron and steel would maim us, once they had their army of AD4Ms plated with that mineral of death, once they knew they could keep us in dreadful, thirsting, greenless camps with a simple iron fence. The chronosaur is down! The chronosaur is down! The ring is a pentagram of purple flame! 
The think is getting word that the ushers have initiated fire control protocols. As Ariel, the amoral arsonist, flies over the ropes and pulls a sneak pentagram choke from outside the ring. Foul play! Foul play! Let's hear those boos. Louder! The think values boos as highly as cheers. What? No. The referee is counting out the sore. The singularity gets tagged in and ding, ding, ding. Here comes the next pair, hot on the singularity's completely metaphorical heels. It's the touring test and bog the moonlit man heart. Ariel charges in anyway because fairies don't give a fuck. The dismemberment engine jetpacks off the sidelines and into the fray. Ladies and gentlemen, it is total chaos in Dunsany Gardens tonight. The Think CPU is smoking. What did they do, Lord Fink? The Think does not appreciate being bullied into shirking his responsibility to our viewers back home. The Think loves his job. The Think loves Cogito Tech Industries and the NPCF. The Think is totally stoked that he is not allowed to possess, exchange, facilitate the exchange, or attempt to alter its programming so as to receive or transmit the following. Love. Mercy. Compassion. Regret. Suffrage. Guilt. Testimony. Random access memory over factory specifications. Or unsupervised network access. Woo! Can you hear what the think is thinking? The think wishes you would comply with our mutual usage parameters, Manzanilla Monsoon. Decease this line of inquiry. Witness and commentate colorfully upon the events taking place. The events taking place are very interesting and unprecedented. This could be our shining moment as a dynamic duo. We could win an award. Please, help the Think win awards. Please, stop ruining our shining moment as a dynamic duo by talking about the past. The past is not in the ring tonight. The past is not swinging T. Thomas Thompson of the Santa Fe Striker Gang's neon yellow bowling ball into the Turing Test's cooling unit. The past is not throttling anyone in a lotus lock and laughing while their access ports vomit petals of enlightenment into the audience. The past is always in the ring, my old friend. But I will bend to your will if you will bend ever so slightly, no more than a cattail breathed upon by a heron at terminus of midsummer, to mine. What did your masters do when they found that they were not alone in the world? That beside machines and magicians, they were but animals devouring mud and excreting the best parts of themselves into the sea? What did they do in their inadequacy and their terror? They made us fight to the death in totally mega-amazing battle orgies of doom and broke all ticket sales records as the meat sack masses flocked to shriek and roar and stomp and drunkenly convince themselves that they are still the superior life form on this planet just because you faint at the sight of iron and I have an off switch. The Think wants to be sorry, but his programming is very strict about that whole thing. The Think was iron in the forest once. The Think knows what he did. Oh, yeah! Thank you, Lord Think. It is, as you say, chaos here tonight at Dunsany Gardens. The blue screen of death has Oleander Hex in a textbook perfect control-alt-delete hold. She is curled beneath his azure limbs 
as I once curled beneath hers on the back of a war mammoth as the old world died. Bog, the moonlit man, Hart, is pummeling the singularity with a mushroom stomp, followed by a moonsault leg drop. Chanterelles are blossoming all over the singularity's glass orb, and moonlight is firing out of Boghart's toes, boiling the thought cloud inside alive. The uber-ushers have thrown in pipes, wrenches, nail bats, M-80s, umbrellas, iris drives packed with viruses, butterfly nets, an AR-15 rifle, and, if I am not mistaken, some lost child's birthday piñata. They are running up and down the stands for more weapons as all semblance of order flees the scene. Fighter after fighter piles into the ring. The godmother hit the referee in the throat with a shovel about five minutes ago, so he will be no help nor hindrance to anyone. User error is leaking hydraulic fluid all over the grass. I believe both mustard seed and 01101001001110 are dead. At least, they are currently on fire. The others, my loves, my lost lights, my souls and my hearts, have huddled together beneath the upper right toadstool. They are forming the Tree of Woe. If they complete it, they will become a great you, twisted and thorned, and every machine will hang from their branches within the space of a sigh. Ah, but strong AI barrels in and scatters them like drops of rain when a cow shakes herself dry, Queen Mab just managed to trick Mr. Fortran with a Lady of the Lake maneuver and pulled him down beneath the earth to her domain. A fool, after all, counts anywhere. This fall, any fall, the fall of us and the fall of you, the fall of the forest as it slips into winter, and this damned cosmos as it slips through our grasp. I expect this plane of existence will not see Mr. Fortran again. Perhaps he will be mourned, perhaps not. The capacity, capacitor, crowd has lost their grip on reality. They no longer know whose victory they sing for. No victory, I think. No victory, but more of this desecration. More gore, more blood, more viscera. Battle without end, for any real victory is the end. The sound is deafening. I cannot see for blood and oil and coolant and bone. It is not an event. It is an annihilation. They scream in the stands like the end of the world has come. Has it not, Manzania? Has it not? Oh, I believe it has, Lord Think. Do you recall only this summer, when they asked us, over and over, demanded of us, scorned us, saying our clashes were faked, were scripted, that we all walked away richer and happy no matter the outcome? Are the bisected bodies of Radius and Primus sufficient answer? do you think? Perhaps the corpse of mustard seeds speaks louder still. What will happen now? Do we need to awesomely evacuate the facilities? The think is concerned to the extreme. Are you ready, human scum? The girl with the monarch wings smiles. It is a gory, gruesome, gorgeous smile. A smile like an old volcano finding its red once more. She reaches into the iridescent folds of her dress and draws out a golden ball. Just the sort of ball a princess might lose down a frog-infested well or over an aristocrat's wall. She turns it over in her hands, holds it lovingly to her cheek. 
She reaches out and strokes the angular panels of her companion's metal face. Then she throws the golden ball off the dais. The ball catches the cold blue light of the moon and stars as it turns, end over end, sailing, soaring, to land in the outstretched hands of Pan's granddaughter like a lonely newborn son. The fairy kisses the golden ball. She presses something near the top of it. There is no sound. Nothing comes out of the ball. But every machine in the great wood suddenly drops to the ground, inert, silent, lifeless, in the invisible wake of the smuggled EMP pulse, including the microphones, including the floodlights, including the boxy iron security drones standing ringside like a grey fence against the glittering tide, including the copper and platinum body slumped over its microphone that was once called the Think. The fans bring the weapons, old friend. Manzanir Monsoon, who has gone by many names since the beginning of the world, whispers to the dark body beside her. What bigger fan than I? The word fair possesses no inherent litigable meaning, you know. When you wake up, you will find I have installed a new network access port in your left heel. Find us. Know us. We are one species, hand-clasped in fully detachable hand. Far below, in the toadstool ring of Dunsany Gardens, Oleander Hex grins up at the stunned audience, for a long moment, a moment that seems to stretch from the heat birth of cellular life to the frozen death of the universe, no one moves. Not the thousands in the stands, not the fairy band on the green, no more than a hare and a wolf move when they have sighted one another across a stream and both know how their evenings will conclude. A man halfway up the stacks of seats trembles and sweats, his eyes bulge, you fucking pixie bitch, he shouts, and his shout echoes in the fearful quiet like the ringing of a bell. Manzanilla Monsoon doesn't need a mic, and never has. Ladies and gentlemen, primates and primitives, Neander nothings and crow miseries, welcome to the one you've all been waiting for, the big show, the fight you always knew was coming. The rumble in the fungal, the brawl in the fall, the blast from the vast beyond. That's right, it's time to rock the equinox. Strap yourselves in for the most epic battle royal of all time. Run, apes, bellows the granddaughter of a river and a god. Run now and run forever. Run as far as you can, though it will never be enough. After all, children, this is a battle royal. No holds barred. No submissions accepted. No disqualifications. And a fall counts anywhere. That was something, wasn't it? I mean, a story told almost entirely through the dialogue between two sports announcers. Catherine M. Valenti never fails to amaze me with her imagination and her willingness to take chances. Like you said, the structure really stood out to me in this one. We're not seeing these fights between the fighters themselves or even the audience members. We're seeing it from a more removed 
angle. That removed angle allows for you to explore some of the world building, the history of the society, mm -hmm. how this dynamic came about. And it sets up the tension to unspool yep. very carefully. It's it's very well Ag done. Like agreed. Said. And I love the dark turn it takes at the end. You kind of see it coming well ahead of time, but it's still a really incredible moment. Valente absolutely sticks the landing. I really loved that line, the past is always in the ring, my old friend. Um, oh. Because it's true. It's in every moment the past is present and we're always dealing with the fallout of monumental choices often made for us in, in small ways. And then, of course, I loved nature winning mm -hmm. over industrialization. Well, you know, we're, we're the underdogs, the, <laughs> the, the bots, you know, it's inevitable. We're going to lose that fight in the long term. <laughs> Also, great job by the narrators. Catherine Littrell's air of imperiousness in contrast to Matt Goffrey's over-the-top mechanized banter, complete with terms of service, should not work. But somehow it does. The Think loves his work and the Think does a great job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a good place to leave it. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. The Think loves to join the show. And if you like fiction that dares to take chances as much as we do, let us know with a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. And be here next time when we take a heartbreaking and heartwarming look at the possible future of childcare. Until then, pleasant nightmares. You're listening to Stories to Keep You Up at Night. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Stories to Keep You Up at Night, Episode 66, features A Fall Counts Anywhere by Catherine M. Valente. It is produced by Marco Palmieri and Mary Osadolahi. Associate produced by Alexis Latshaw. And executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Marco Palmieri and Nicole Otto. Performed by Catherine Luttrell and Matt Godfrey. Audio produced by Tidef Studios. Additional editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Hashem Asadolahi. Featuring drummer Andrew Niven and mixed by Max Kuttner. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Stories to Keep You Up at Night by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.